I don't even know what to say. You been uh, <laughs> you been playing anything? Playing any good games? Playing any good games? Well, I was just been thinking because I know you're a bit of a gamer. So. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm the good job you said because you know I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a veteran myself. Yeah. A bit of a veteran gamer. That's right. <laughs> Been playing Minecraft in the browser, you know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's the classic playing like the the alpha. <laughs> I only played it because it was fucking free, and that's how it started. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, I did get Animal Crossing for some reason. Mm-hmm. I just heard that everyone was shouting about it, um, and it took me about thirty minutes, and I was just like, "Look, this Tim Tim Cook or whatever is that's that's Tim the Apple, Cook. isn't it?" Tom, Tom Tim Nook. Tom Nook. That's the <laughs> Tim one. Cook. There's no way that wasn't intentional. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, he started bugging me about rent, and I was like, mm. "Look, mate, yeah, he's little... I've come here to to get away from my troubles in life. Don't start badgering me for rent." <laughs> he's a mean little mole. He is. Yeah, he is. He's a yeah. bastard. No more me about him. So I've kind of gone off of it. Um, that game is invented, isn't it? Invented so like you. There's something you have to do every day at a very specific time. Mate, it's... it's The shops are open at the same time that, like, you have to log in or play the game between nine and five o'clock to go to the shops, like like in real life. Yeah. So, you know, if you come come in from a day of work, you're fucked because you, you can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> All the shops are closed and, and, you, and your person's going to die. Yeah, meanwhile, it's horrible. you're working real life. Yeah. <laughs> paying the bills so i can afford things like this game and then it just treats me like that it's bang out of order what about you though i've been playing um binding of isaac uh, i've been playing that grinding that today um cool roguelike mm. game i'm obsessed i'm obsessed with roguelikes um i think they're probably the best model of game uh roguelikes being kind of a infinite loop style game where when you die you start from the beginning, but maybe you've like gained extra power ups or coinage or whatever it is to progress. Coinage, <laughs> progress. Well, it's what um, <laughs> it's a game I've been telling you about. Hades as a roguelike, <laughs> where you're constantly trying to. The level structure is basically always the same, but each run you get a little, little bit, a little bit stronger. And I just so there's something about that model of game that really like taps into my monkey brain. I just yeah. <laughs> there's something about just like something. eking ever so slightly better and better and like I think it's because with Binding of Isaac as well you start and it's so overwhelming the game has like yeah. 600 achievements and something and like thousands oh. hundreds of power-ups and different item combinations and stuff um, but, at least it keeps you playing you know but yeah I think that's the thing it's it's making me it's giving me a reason to keep playing it because I'm constantly like, oh, I did a little bit that time, and oh, I did better with those items, and I did better with this character, and that's what I really liked about it. Same with Hades. Hades being um, one of like the biggest games of last year. Um, I fucking adored that game because it was just like I've, I sank hundreds of hours into that because it was <laughs> it was just so replayable. And you look at it, and the basic game is just the same level structure, but uh, it's fucking fun. <laughs> it's fun to like get the new powers. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping to use our Patreon coinage <laughs> to get to, to give the game a go. No, it's for the pod. It's for the podcast. No, I would never. I would never what? spend your hard-earned patron money. 
On personal Alex. leisure. Hang on. What? what do you mean? I thought it was for us. Yeah, but we don't. That paid... Hang on. No, but we don't. No, that no. was supposed to pay for our night out in Bristol the other night. <laughs> no, 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 no. They think it's for the show. They think it's going to, like, you know, pay for, like, better mics or something. I'm not buying a new better, mic. Better mics? No. Do you know, do they, do they know... Do you have any idea how much they are? It's fucking... Oh, they're greedy. They're just greedy little Mate. bastards. But, you know... Well, they, what do they expect? I know, well, but... It's kind of gone potato chips and, like, Doritos and, and, and strippers and alcohol and gin <laughs> and whiskey. Well, obviously... That's what keeps this show going. Yeah, but we can't tell them that because they think it's for, they think it's for like, you know... Oh. You know, they'll they stop paying. They'll stop giving us... Oh, one patron will stop giving us money. <laughs> ah, right. So... So we tell them it's going to be for the podcast, but actually it's going to be for, for for you know the old the old drinky poo, you know, after after a hard recorder session. Yes. Excellent. That's a great idea. Let's let's plug it. Let's plug it. Cool. <laughs> <clears throat> Gamer, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm def- so this is a gaming one. This gaming <laughs> double feature. I might edit we'll that out, to be fair, because I don't want people earthing up Alakay Gamer. <laughs> I just don't want to put that into the ether. <laughs> but yeah, welcome back, guys. It's great to see you. Welcome to this very um, interesting episode on Paddington and the Lighthouse, which is a which is a hell of a combination in my books. I yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. This is a I've been uh, thinking thinking about these films in particular for a while now. Well, not mm. Lighthouse because I didn't see it. That's a complete lie. Um, <laughs> I know, that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> but my film, uh, I, I, you went first last time, so I'll go first. Paddington's one of those films where I've been keeping it very close to the chest um, since we started the show as like... I'm definitely going to bring this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> London okay. is the place for me. London, that lovely city. You could go to France or America, India, Asia, Australia. You got to come back to London City. I wanted to talk about it because I've. This comes up quite. This comes up. I've I've realised in thinking about this film, I suppose all, all of the films we've covered on this podcast, I have certain I don't know what's called them rules, ten, tenets, commandments <laughs> when it comes to making we'll call them the Ten Commandments. Got yes to go what it, to what makes like a good film or rules for filmmaking. Sure. I don't know how we to really describe them. I don't know what they all are. I'm sure they're just kind of off the cuff. <laughs> yeah, I think um, we pretty much just make them up as we go along, but, oh, you know, it works. Yes, definitely. Um, 
And I think Paddington taps into some of my core beliefs about like what makes good filmmaking. One of those being movies under two hours are 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 good. <laughs> that's a subjective fact. That's not that's not a you know that's not that's not something we like. That's just you know that's the rule. It's Alex's rule at least, which is why I was so surprised about <laughs> Justice League. Well, you know, sometimes there are except expect <laughs> exceptions to the rule, but if uh, they made like a, a a director's cut of Paddington that was four hours long, oh, I would watch it. Yeah, on repeat. We, we go to the cinemas to watch that. I think. <laughs> uh, but my other sort of. Uh, rules I guess so um, I think you can make a good film out of anything I truly believe that I think the most stupid idea you can make something at least watchable out of it yeah there's no doomed ideas um, and finally well not finally but a rule that I have always felt very strongly about and has come up in conversations with all sorts of people even people who aren't necessarily um, film fanatics like us um, kids <laughs> movies uh, there's no reason why they can't be fucking amazing um some of my favorite movies are kids movies i actually my darkest secret my darkest film secret oh, <laughs> is i'm He's a big say i'm a massive adv- advocate for the for the kids film i think there's an openness and a funness that you can have with a kids movie that you can't have with other shit um mm. you know I've, when it, some i know plenty of kids films that i think are like 10 out of 10 but there's also a lot of kids films that are like fucking zero out of uh, 1000 i don't know kids films get a really bad rap these days you have shit like we've joked about it on the podcast but like shit like minions where yeah i was just about to say yeah they're dumb they're pandering they're not smart and paddington um is a perfect shining example of a kids film that has fun has fun about its story enjoys filmmaking uh is smart clever um nice to look at earnest Mm. Um, is mm. kind of about something, nothing major, life-changingly deep, but it has a message. It has um, a heart. Yeah, it has a heart, and I think you know that's why for me it stands out so strongly as a partic- mm. as a kids film of note of uh, you know from recent history. But yeah, that's sort of my initial thoughts on Palatine. Two cents. I'm curious <laughs> as to what you felt about watching it. Well, yeah, I'd never watched it before, but my instant reaction was just. Even from the like very beginning, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure how to go into this movie. I wasn't quite sure, like, you know, is it going to be really on the nose? Is it going to be like going to try and be funny and and fail? Or you know, what's going to be the charming element about this film that you wanted to to showcase? And it is just really charming. Obviously, you know, Paddington is such an old classic story, but this feels very modern, and I think that's what surprised me so much. It's kind of like doing like Winnie the Pooh, but like like now, like those kind of like these stories that are, you know, <laughs> intertwined with like. Oh, don't laugh at me! I'm laughing. At, uh, I'm just laughing at like the boardroom cuts in a boardroom. Right here's the pitch. It's like Winnie the Pooh, but now, but now, and, the and they're like, like oh, oh, amazing. <laughs> but no, I think you're right. Give him, I think give him twenty million. <laughs> I think you're right. Like the weird thing about the weird thing about Patterson is that I think for for our age. The Gen Zers, um, <laughs> Paddington. I don't think really touched base with us. Like I don't really ever remember growing up with Paddington. I don't know about you. I know um, fuck all about Paddington. No, I knew nothing yet, about Paddington, and I was you know, I was like shocked in my research to find out how like faithful <laughs> faithful this movie is to the source material. Apparently, that makes me like it even more. I know, I know, but and but I 
I mean, it's interesting because it's it's see, it's typically discussed as this kind of British icon, similar to like um, how Doctor Zeus is in the US, um, as these kind of children bedtime story things. Um, sure. And yeah, the fact that you can make a really fun, uh, heartfelt, uh, funny, cool movie out of that is great. And when I was talking about like principles of filmmaking, like this is a movie that isn't half-assed. It isn't. Because there's a plethora, there's a plethora of talking animal CGI, you know, <laughs> talking CGI animal movies where it's like a buddy cop yeah. thing and they go on a funny journey. Um, and Paddington's not not that at all. It's like really earnest and and great sure. and and wholesome. It's it's a wholesome movie. It's a, it's a good watch. It's you know, it's one it's one your mum will like, you know, and you can like, <laughs> and the kids can like. Like it's a good. It's, good it's a great all-rounder. Film. Yeah, it's a good all-rounder. I think just straight off the bat, I can kind of just go through and list the things that I liked because there was so much. Um, I'll probably get on to what I didn't like, but it's such... Actually, I'll do that first because there's very little of what I didn't like about this film. And, you know, you're probably quite, you're probably sat there going, you know, come on, guys, this is a, this is a kid's movie. It's, it's part CGI, part live action, you know. Well, I'm personally... What, what is I'm, there to like about this? Personally, what's, I'm, what's the, what's I'm amazed key? that you, you feel like you can criticise it because... Uh... It's perfect, in my opinion. But I mean, if you want to, if you want to go do that, you know, fine. I mean, if you want to be wrong, Adam, you know, yeah, you feel be, free. You, know, you got to waste your time, man. You want to, you want to embarrass yourself in front of everyone <laughs> discussing Paddington Bear? Go for it. I mean, oh god. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hold on to me out and give it a go. Um, the only thing that kind of I actually wrote down that I didn't enjoy was that there were some really weird, questionable kind of choices made about like accents in this film peter capaldi's accent was just it kind of like swayed and i loved him in this movie but like um it kind of just swayed in between like very kind of like like a strong london accent back to his kind of scottish accent i noticed it a few times and it kind of pulled me out of it but then again there was uh, a scene where they went to a bookstore and met uh the 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 uh, the family who bought him in it was the it was the wife knew this guy at a bookstop uh, or like a vintage shop who was Mr. Grubrodden. Come on, were you paying attention? Oh, oh. <laughs> were you paying attention to Paddington? Clearly not enough. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I will give you that. that, that the... His accent was so so un like unnecessary and weird. But he but he's, and I, it, I was, well no it's necessary because it's a German character. No I get what you mean, but like but but this is also. Paddington Bear, so I'm not. I don't really care if the accents aren't like that. I know, great. I know, but I, it, I don't it think actually like, if, if the actor f- struggles with the accent, like, is it vital for his character? Yes, to it be... is. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it absolutely is. Um, and this is why I want. This is so. This is what I want to talk about. Okay, so Paddington Bear. No, 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 a migrant slash refugee slash yeah. um, whatever, and Mr. Gruber was a uh, refugee of war from World War Two, and that's like a very nice little thing that maybe kids won't pick up on, but like as a as a as an adult, I was like, oh, that's a very nice detail, and 
I'm not going to go as far as to say that like Paddington, the series is like a is like a, a great franchise for multiculturalism in the UK. I'm not going to necessarily go that far, but I think that is part of the <laughs> DNA of it. You know, he's an immigrant. Yeah. They resist him. Uh, they resist him at first, and then they open their hearts and bring him in. And he's part of the family, even though he's he's There's not definitely one a of theme them. and comment on that. Yes, and, know, and with uh, Peter Capaldi's character, Mister Curry, he's you know he's like the typical Brexiteer neighbour. Like that's kind of what they're going for, <laughs> you know. And and they do some very funny yeah. stuff with that. I I loved uh, I loved oh, some bear. <laughs> Don't want to be kept up with your bear music. Like that's just. You know, I think with an old, yeah. like as a kid, you're not really gonna, you might not pick up on that. You're but, not going to pick up on it, yeah. But like as an as an adult, I was like, that's very funny, and and a lot of it's this very is very clever. funny. It's very clever. This is like yeah. this film. We all know Chekhov's shotgun. That's like a very basic like screenwriting thing yeah. that we all know. This film is like Ch- Chekhov's fucking shotgun pellets. It's <laughs> everything <laughs> gets paid off. There's so many little setups that you don't really take in. Um, and get paid off. There's, it's a very tight, tight script, and like, you, uh, yeah, you understand the characters immediately. You understand their dynamics immediately, and they're not. It's and part of that is out of like, they're not necessarily the most complex cast of characters in the world. But this is a fucking Paladin Bear man. <laughs> we're like, we're here to have like a funny old time. It like it writes its rules so quickly, and it never wastes time. Like there was not a one point in the movie that I felt bored or that it that that piece shouldn't be there and it had some really good like like i wouldn't call it action but like you know what i mean like not like gun action but like no there like is scenes there's, there's good action there's good action fantastic Patterson. whether or not he's you know he acts you know, i think the thing I, I picked up most on that i really enjoyed was that he's so charming in the sense that you know throughout the movie i love his kind of misinterpretation of like the the city around him and um and all the things that he interacts with and he doesn't he he doesn't quite understand and he, he perhaps yeah. get wrong like he's for just example clumsy. He's, he's like a he's just clumsy but he's not rude he's not used he's very, to his environment he's very yeah, nice and polite and that's what i like about that bear he's a good he's a good boy that bear <laughs> He, he has absolutely lad. no mean intention he's whatsoever pure, he just, he's just finds a pure himself being. in situations he's just a pure yeah. being he makes everyone's lives better and that's just, I think yeah. that's what the takeaway from the film is for me. I love it. I love it, mate. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> there was like there was, it definitely passed the um the laugh test as well, mm. which was another uh you know uh, ten commandments of a uh, of <laughs> of the final draft podcast list. Before you end up being more than ten, but yeah, totally. It's a very funny movie. Um, part of the creative talent behind this was uh, it's directed by Paul King, who did uh, a lot of the Mike Bush. You've got a lot of comedic talent in this movie. Um, mm. you've got like. Uh, some great cameos as well. Yeah, some great little cameos from great British accents. Great British actors. Uh, I think notably Superhands, who turns up. Yeah, Superhands in there. He's a little bugger. You've got um, what's his face, Matt Lucas from uh, Little Britain. Um, yeah, you just got like these nice little cameos. I really like um, Hugh Bonneville as Mister Brown. Um, yes, he here's some of his some of his little lines of dialogue. Um, Ah, oh, fucking <laughs> really really funny really fucking really yeah. uh, really funny and this, this is also not just a writing thing but it's also a filmmaking thing where we get a flashback of mr brown before, you know when uh where their sort of housemaid is saying like oh you know he used to be quite he used to, he's not what you think he is and we get a flashback to when he was younger with um 
with, with <laughs> Mrs. Brown and turning up the hospital and they're on the motorbike and then they come out of the hospital and <laughs> his hair's all cut and he's not got the moustache and she's like, darling, where's the bike? <laughs> and it's like beige car. He's like, it's very beige. <laughs> it's, a, it's a safe, neutral colour. Get in. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I like that speaks to a lot of like just the DNA of this. It's very... And why I said that this thing has like a very like passion for filmmaking too. Like it's it's fun in a way it Mate. uses its editing and its uh, little that's like my, and That's my like main point about this film was that I was so impressed with its visual language. Um, you know, it's even the little things like uh, the, what, the visual comedy of it is excellent. There's a scene where um, good old Superhands is driving away in a car and Paddington's trying so hard to uh, to chase after him. Because he's witnessed him steal a wallet, but his innocence makes him think that he dropped it. So he thinks he's being chased, and Paddington gets into this whole palaver where he's he's up in the air with this umbrella being dragged by a car, and the sat-nav goes in 100 yards, bare left, and he looks out the left window and he sees Paddington in the air. So funny, um, so good. It, it, it's just so well, like... Yeah. It, it's so well-crafted, and and there's so many moments like that. It's It's... It's consistent throughout. Um, it never feels at any point. Never like a bum. There's, never like, a, there's or... never like a bum note. There's never like a no. Oh, never. We, we didn't need that. It's we didn't need to do. We didn't need that. Scene it just hits again will... and again and again and again. And it's like how's this? How's this happening? I know. Like, how have they done this so perfectly? I know. It's just, it's so impressive and um, and it's kind of taking that kind of Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson well, blah, 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 blah. yes I, I you know, know him is, you know, know who he is his style um, very much like the dollhouse thing that's that's like Royal Tenenbaums right there um, and also like the, the score palettes. as well felt very kind of like like two note like the Grand Budapest and stuff like that where it's very um, like joyful and it's got like a like a kind of jolly beat to it and a, there's a lot of symmetry in this film as well you know it's, it's very well it's very it's very neat um and just yeah generally it is well shot um more than what i thought it was going to be for a movie like this um and even the cgi you know yes. is really impressive there is plenty of scenes where you know he's he's drenched in water or you know there's a scene where um after a bath i think they they blow, blow him with a hairdryer mm. and he just poofs out and it's like classic bit yeah always works classic, classic oh bit. he's all fuzzy <laughs> I yeah, um, that was I'm one like, shit. That's that's pretty good. That was one thing I wanted to point on. Like, well, he's a he's a hundred percent a CG creation, and mm. yet I he's there. That character is there. They're they're emoting with him, and this film weirdly, this film like had clocked with me. This film's from like twenty fourteen, so it's it's a little old now. Yeah, and it clocked with me like for its time. Fuck, we're at a point now where CG is really fucking good because like I believe in the bear. <laughs> like I am in no doubt about the bear's existence at any point. Like I, I it's mean, so like- impressive, and I think part of that as well is that um, Ben Wishaw uh, is voicing Paddington, and he just mm. he's he's got a very soft, um, but very like pronounced con- consonants. Um, very I thought it was Eddie Redmayne job. originally. Originally, they wanted um, it was going to be Colin Firth, apparently. Really? Yeah, and they it was him. That'd they 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 were like halfway through it, and then they sort of went, mm, "It's not really working." And I can see why, because he needs like a young voice. He needs like a younger kind of yeah, um, that's true. More kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed voice, because he's just, he's oh, he's so sweet. Adam, this film really like 
makes well like i well up it's really winding you up in it i've never seen this before (laughs) i really love it i really love it It, i well up when i watch it i truly like get teary (laughs) when even when it's being like emotionally like engaging just looking at him i like tear up i'm thinking about his little fuzzy paws now i'm tearing up i love that bear adam (laughs) i would die for him (laughs) he is he's it's very hard to dislike this movie unless you're really kind of stoic on the fact that you dislike children's movies. But it doesn't feel yeah. like a... It doesn't treat its audience like children. No. Which I thought was quite surprising. No, like, trust, there's a lot of like them. adult humour and very clever humour in this that I don't think even kids will like like clock on to. And although it is like There very... are definitely bits where they're like, oh, you know, ha But it's like... Although it's very like that's such a small section of the film in comparison to its other yeah, comedic. It is very like parts. sweet and saccharine in, in many ways, which I know can be like off putting. Uh, that was one of the things that we didn't really touch on with Grand Budapest, where like part of that tone is like it's so kind of like kish that it's a little sickly. And that's definitely true of Palantir too, but mm. um I lost my train of thought. Um, but the film also like <laughs> what what I was what was kind of stand, standing out to me coming back to it is that the film is like not afraid to be a little mean at times. Um, Nicole Kidman is like the villain in this, and like a central thing <laughs> is that like she's gonna stuff him. She wants to kill him, <laughs> stuff him. And there's a yeah, scene I was like, that, "Fucking hell!" I know, yeah. I'm like, know, I res- really going for this. I respect that in a kids movie that they're like, "No, let's not shy away from this. Like, let's let's be realistic about it." And also, um. Uh, and there's a scene where he's like crawling up like an air vent. Uh, he's crawling up like a chimney, and she like lights the fire. And, and for a brief moment, he's like you're fall like, into the fire. Yeah, for a brief moment, you're like, uh, is he gonna die? Like, obviously not really, but that's how they play it. And I, I really respect, like, I respect and, that. And they solidly play that because my like jaw mm. went to the floor when he kind of like he does a little fall. He does the little fall, and there's just no music. There's no sound. Yeah. It just goes quiet, and you see his little face go, "Oh no, I'm I'm gonna die." Yeah, it's fucking like are, Jesus Christ. And I'm like savage. <laughs> That's fucking horrible. You got me there for a second, Paddington. <laughs> fucking hell. You didn't watch um, um, the second one, did you? I haven't, but I'm gonna That's have fine. to now. That's fine. I think the second one's a lot superior. I won't get into it, obviously, but we'll focus on the really? first one. But in in the second one, they haven't. They have a note. They do it again. They they flirt. They really like flirting with Palance and dying. <laughs> they, oh, they're mate. not afraid to do it. Um. Well, when you care about a character that much, it's kind of a crime not to at least give it a give it give that area a bit of a a try. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's fun to. I can imagine it's fun to play on the heartstrings of your audience when you make a character that's so, you know, unapologetically likable mm. um, that you just can't comprehend <laughs> him being in a scene where he could potentially die. Yeah, because it actually lands. Um, it's not like, like, if you watched... It's like not cheesy, yeah. In, in comparison like, oh, to your standard kids animated movie, like, you know, if they added that into Minions, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, this is this doesn't work. But because cause they do the work to make you invo- emotionally care and engage with that story... You're like, oh shit, that's like a powerful moment that lands, and then and then the relief of when they catch him and save him, and it's nice, it's good. It feel it's a good, it's a proper feel good film. If I did have to tear it down a little bit, um, I did briefly mention the second one is superior. Um, although I think it's not as funny. I do think some of the jokes in the first one are a bit better, but um, 
I think some of the Paddington shenanigans get a little bit tiresome on rewatch, to be fair. Um, There's a great trailer scene of where Paddington, oh, you can use the facilities, oh, okay, and he doesn't doesn't understand, and he he clogs the toilet and... He fucks the bathroom. Yeah, and floods the bathroom, and it's this fun fun (laughs) little scene where, like, Mr. Mr. Brown opens the door and floods the whole staircase and comes under the bathtub. And, you know, that's fun, but, like... um, on rewatch, I was getting a little bit like, okay, we don't mm. we don't need to revel in. I, I'm like, they, those aren't the bits I'm coming to Paddington for. The, in the parts I come to Paddington for are like, you know, <laughs> when they're on the roof. <laughs> and they're like, no, he's our family now. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to, you'll have to moments. take all of us. So I'm there, like, fully sobbing. <laughs> fully in tears. I'm surprised because I, I think we both agree that I'm technically when it comes to films I'm I'm awful for it like I I cry at a lot of films mm. um, and this didn't get me on that level I, I cared but I wasn't like perhaps I just wasn't in the space to be you know to, so to feel that way it's but so strange to I, yeah man I cry at fucking everything there was one yeah. notable thing where one of the best cinema I probably arguably the best experience like experience either of us have had is when we went with each other to see the double feature of um, Infinity War and Endgame, but it meant that when Endgame started at like half past midnight, um, it was like 3 a.m. by the time that the ending came along. Yeah. And I sat there and I fucking bawled my eyes out of <laughs> joy, of sadness. I didn't give a fuck. And Alex even, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I know you were teary as well. And we shed, it was a very wholesome moment. I've got a tear, it was tear jerk for me. But like, for for me... But you never usually like that, you know what I mean? You're you're, you're very well, the taps turn solidly off. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? Because I've watched movies with you before where I'm like, oh, Alex, that is a bit sad. And you're just like, yeah. You know what it is, man. It's it's um. <laughs> don't even like dismiss it. No, yeah, totally. No, so, I, I do. I'm usually. So that's why I was surprised. Usually sad, and it's not that Paddington's like sad. It's a very happy film, and, that, and it's more it's like awesome. a. It's more a happy cry. It gets for me. It, it yes. like when I said it like makes me teary. It's more. Do you ever get like the when you're watching a movie and you get like the movie swell, where like just the cinematic moment kind of takes your breath oh, away all a bit. the time. And that's what, and that's fucking Paladin, baby. Like every frame, I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And the score has a lot to do with that. I think it hits at the right moments. And Mm. I totally get what you mean. It was like, um, don't mean to edge back into to Endgame, but uh, there's a certain moment where Spider-Man, I don't care, you know, that Spider-Man's alive. I know he is, but he like lands on this rock when they come through the portal and he stands up and it's the music hits at that point where it's like, right, everyone's now here. And it was like, I don't want to. I don't want to say it. you could probably put it in, but it's like that well of of score. It just makes me cry, and I'm like, God damn it, Marvel, don't do this to me. And music yeah. does that really well, but it's I not even so. that in this film. I think it's you just know, everything. It's, it just all, like I said, it's a wholesome. It's a wholesome cry because I'm not. When you said yeah. like the, when you said the taps are off, I've, I agree. <laughs> Uh, but part of that is I'm not susceptible to something that is trying to inv- invoke that reaction out of you. Like yeah, I, when it when I something it. is beat, like I hate tearjerkers. Like there's there's plenty of. Uh, have you ever seen that film uh, Wonder, where it's like the kid born with like a facial deformity? Uh, 
Um, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw. I mean, I saw all the stuff for that, yeah. but I imagine that that deliberately is one of those. Yeah, fucking. I mean, yeah, I think that movie is just like straight up exploitative of. Uh, it exists to, be, can, to make you cry. Yeah, like I think it's just kind of evil in its nature anyway. But yeah, that's one where it's very much constructed <laughs> in a way. No, I truly like don't watch that film. It's a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, Fair. that is constructed in a way to invoke uh, a reaction of you. And I resist that stuff sometimes. But I think sometimes with, especially with kids stuff, where there's like a really powerful emotional thing or like a re- or just something where like a character does something really like it's character affirming um mm. but like surprising and and heartfelt fucking makes my fucking makes the tap comes unclogged down baby they fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um those moments i mean i could think of many movies but this is a it's a very good one i don't know why it didn't make me like feel that way it didn't make I me perhaps i am a bit yeah, you know i think more it, i think it's also the- because I've seen this multiple times, like it's always on telly, and it's one that like um, mm. my my parents like. So watch it. So I think that's part of like the attachment to it. Is like, oh, isn't this nice? Um, you can watch it together. Yeah, I, I, but I think it's one that like because it's kind of ingrained into my brain. I've given myself like Stockholm syndrome for Paddington. That um, if in case you can tell, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> then I, that's why like it it invokes that reaction out of me. But I I, I think even if um. You know, even if you're typically a stone-faced man like me, you'll still watch this and be like, oh, that was nice. Oh, it's fully justified. Like, this movie is fantastic. Mm, it and hits fun. And emotional. Funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There were, Like I said, there are some laugh-out laugh moments. There's a scene where he can't really work the escalators in the tube. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he's, he's doing that kind of elf thing where he doesn't really want to go on it. Yeah. Um, and then he sees a sign that says, um, I think it's like, uh, dogs must be carried or something so he go he just steals a dog and then can comfortably go down the escalator it's great like uh, that 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 scene really made me laugh out loud because it was like this is just so really well written there are like little f- funny clever lines that you would expect from someone who was like behind like my bush and uh some some of British yeah. Weird, weirdly he, he also did like come fly with me which is kind of funny <laughs> which you think about because that's amazing obviously we we don't talk about that show anymore um yeah mm. uh but but the, the sense of hu- the sensibility of humor is very much like slapstick as well like it's very got like a classic kind of a charlie chaplin kind of approach to physical humor um, yeah which i think is like the stuff that doesn't that stuff doesn't work as much for me but the kids will like it and there's clever little jokes for the adults mm. or like sort of you know or just young people in general um it's a fucking good movie, man. Honestly, like I hope people have watched this. I, I know people like yeah. keep saying, like I've been talking to people, like, oh, did you watch the film we talked about? And like, no. Like, truly watch this. Truly, like, <laughs> give it your time because it is a. Especially if you're, if you, it deserves if it. If you agree with me that I, that kids stuff doesn't have to be dumb and pandering, because that's the thing about like pandering. It's it's it does not pander to the audience at all it really trusts you to be clever and follow it and engage mm. it's tight one hour and 40 movie tight um great doesn't waste time great cast great performances although maybe some dodgy accents but i don't like i don't care like and even the you know even the stuff even the little sequences that weren't that don't really tickle me that i was getting a little bored of like the paladin shenanigans and this film isn't like 
not guilty of like the sins that child movies child movies kids movies do like <laughs> weird just pop cultural references that would for no reason land to a younger audience like they do like mission impossible riffs and it's like okay i don't think like a five-year-old today would really like get that get that but i don't yeah. think this is for like five-year-olds i don't know it's for like a kind of i don't know it's good well, it included stuff like that allows you to kind of it, you know it's it allows it to be for everyone there's something in this for everyone yeah it's a good Truly. it's just a good movie it's a well i i think it's even a great movie um yeah i'd, I'd say so and that's what makes it work that it doesn't it's never like oh we got to make this more for kids like we gotta we gotta include a fart joke we we need more fart jokes uh and they, 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 they do like gross out your humor and stuff you have him like cleaning cleaning his ears with the toothbrushes but that but that was like oh a, yeah <laughs> but that was weaved into a character thing it wasn't he just did that because this would it's be funny. funny it's like oh no he doesn't understand um hmm. clever i really i really wanted to come into this review and like have something kind of negative to say about it and it frustrates me that i don't oh, because come, it is so bloody good i'd come cut you if you, <laughs> if you yeah i know it. <laughs> i know i'd have to also lock my doors um but yeah it's yeah it's a hard one to fault it deserves your time it's a hard to, one to, fault. to like what like generally yeah. when if you said to me like what would you change i'd be like well, i don't fucking know it's a pretty good movie <laughs> i'd say it's not very the cast isn't very diverse. I guess well, you'd yeah, say. it's why I kind of resist. Which isn't very representative of London. Well, yeah, because so it, the whole thing's about like London. It's for yeah. everyone, and there's never. It's just very white, and it feels like yeah, it is. Yeah, mm. it's kind of why I resisted saying that it's like a multicultural representation of London because all our it central like it at all. all our central characters are white. Uh, the second one actually, incidentally, does a lot better job of showing some diversity in the little area they live in um but yeah but i don't think it's not not about being welcoming and it's it's um i think i was watching my classic go-to marco mode uh he he said it was reminding him of like this kind of utopian idea of london you see in something like mary poppins and the idea of like the strange the strange outsider who comes in and just makes everyone's lives better um Mm. And I think that's very much the vibe it's going for. Uh, yeah, mm. it's it's hard to say like that it's like a because di- it's definitely not a diverse film. But then you know, I I do think it works as an analog for as uh, as that as a baked in idea. It's not it's not fully what the film is about. It's also just generally about family and togetherness. Yeah, it um, doesn't pander or on anything. You yeah, know what I mean, it it's doesn't need very, to. It doesn't. It's very need honest. To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just, it just, um, there were like multiple moments where it hit on that thing of like, you know, London's for everyone and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it, this is the only thing that was like, well, then show everyone then. You know what I mean? You have the, you yeah. have scenes where there's, there's a great kind of like theme where it has a really fun score with, um, with like a Jamaican band. Oh, yes. That kind of yeah, follow yeah. him everywhere. But then like, other than that, yeah, I'm the, like uh, Calypso band. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're, like, they're they're like you know like a Greek choir, and they're the most prominent black characters in the film. So I don't know. It's yeah, like I said, the second one like, does a better job of um, integrating non-white people <laughs> into the story. Um, yeah, or just showing them. But, that, but you know, but, that, but that's but that's it. You know, what I mean, yeah, like that, other than yeah. that, it's a as a movie, it's it's so solid, and Paddington's great. 
You know, they didn't they didn't make him cringe or they didn't make him like overly lovable. Yeah, he's just yeah, because definitely... so honest to everything that I thought Paddington was, and yeah. I was still able to learn more. Yeah, because there's great. definitely a studio fied version of this movie where it's mm. Paddington and Mister Brown on a road trip through London where they've got to collect uh, the six Infinity Stones. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. And like, there's a fart joke every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you'd have <laughs> you'd have Paddington doing t- TikTok dances. He'd, oh, yeah, like that would be like a big part of the film. He he would it'd be like the script supervisor's like, yeah, no, this is great. Um, he needs a TikTok though. Uh, I need I need Paddington to do the bust it challenge. Uh, so you can get that in there. And, That'd be great. And it's strange because like you see things like this, and you go, oh, that was perfect. But then you wonder how how so many other animated films fuck up on those like on such simple points like why do some movies just pander to uh, you know these things like fucking tiktok dances and all of this like why why do they choose creatively to do that i don't know it's hard because as much as i'm like critical of something like minions um which is very much like a pandering dumb movie for sure for no one really um they also make fucking money, so like, <laughs> it's hard to say. I think mean, it's just like yeah, it comes well, there's to always a, a blurred lines yeah. with that in movies, isn't it? You know, yeah. the, whether you do something like this that's very creatively passionate, or you just go down the okay, this is going to be really safe, but you know, ironically, it doesn't end up actually being that safe. You look at something like the fucking emoji movie, right? Like on paper, I can see an executive going, ka-ching, excellent, ka-ching, yeah, ka-ching, yeah. excellent, but then as you as we all know you know it, it it's terrible and earns no money and yeah. it's like no one hold, no know, one likes it and it's not gonna like and even in terms of like franchise ip that's not gonna hold any cultural capital like sure i think even minions now is like does anyone really care about minions i know like your weird your weird aunt on facebook will share like minion memes but like that's the outreach most fucking Paddington is like you know that's like respected it's respected <laughs> And I think yeah. these films are very respectful of like that property. Um, yeah, I don't know. Definitely. It's 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 a weird one. It's a weird one. I guess it's. I didn't. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Basically. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't. I didn't. Well, because like. <laughs> That's true. I will fully like the first time I saw this. I was like, this fucking this is gonna be shit. This is gonna be fucking awful. And then I yeah. loved it. And I was like, well, <laughs> fuck me. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Do you want to give your rating for Paddington? Mate, it's a solid five star. Fair. Ooh. Fair. Like it is for for its genre, it's it's hard to you know, if I think of animated movies, um one of my favourites of all time is Chicken Run because it has such a heart and it's and it's very clever and quirky. And this is it gave me exactly the same vibe of, oh, this is really quite pleasant. I don't think it's as good as Chicken Run. However, it's still a very good film. So I'd give it Maybe a four and a half, maybe a five, if I'm feeling generous. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I did. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'll give it I'm giving it a a I'll give it four four and a half. Um Yeah, I think that's because I do think I like mean. there's definitely parts of this where I'm like, okay, you're you're leaning into kids territory movie area. Um and also I think the second one does generally do a better job. 
Um, I'm excited to see that one now. God damn it. Yeah, it's good. Oh man, yeah, Hugh Grant's in it. Doing a great little thing. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Like, that's not usually a selling point, to be honest, that Hugh Grant's um, well, no, no, it. It's, well, in the film, he's like a failed actor. It's it's very oh, like excellent. weirdly meta. <laughs> oh, that sounds... Mate, that sounds like a great ride. Okay, I'm sold. All right, well... God damn it. I, oh, I want to... I just... I, I can't I can't organically weave this into the conversation now, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say it. Go on. You're fond of my marmalade. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're fond of my marmalade, aren't you? Why you just spill your marmalade? <laughs> You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? Drunken in a Virginia fence. I see, mate. You're fond of me lobster. Say it. Say it. Say it! I don't have to say nothing. Danny! Let Neptune strike ye dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Go then. Yeah, what'd you make so you watch? The Lighthouse. <laughs> I made you watch The Lighthouse. And this was one of the ones that I was very, very grateful of being able to see on the big screen. Um, ironically, it's not shown in that big of a screen. It's it's done in a, a one, oh God, the one, one, six to one aspect ratio. But it's basically a square. It's one to one, essentially. Um, and we'll get on to why I love that so much later on. But The Lighthouse follows the story of a sailor, or not a sailor, or, or a worker who comes to a um, an island with a lighthouse on in the middle of bloody nowhere. And I mean, in, there's no land to be seen around the lighthouse. It really, truly is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, his name is Thomas. Uh, and he meets another guy called Thomas as well um, on the island, which I didn't know. I just found that out by looking at the cast list. They're actually both called Thomas. Because that has been a while since I saw this movie. Um, however... Basically what happens is uh, the whole movie is kind of similar to, I'd say, like The Shining, in which it it's the heart of this movie centers around the theme of like cabin fever um, and exploring, you know, it's more of a psychological drama as opposed to a horror. I think that like Robert Egg- Eggers is able to take an audience's interpretation of his movies and kind of flip it when they come to see it. So, for example, um, The Witch, you know, that, that, that there wasn't necessarily a horror, but psychologically it was it, it hit so well. And it's very similar with this, um, with this movie. And that is basically the plot. You know, two lighthouse keepers try and maintain their sanity um whilst being enclosed in this very tight very dark and moody and unpleasant space and you have the kind of comments on 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 power because uh one of them has been here for god knows how long and he is essentially his boss but yet you know so there's like a power difference and um there are strange rules that they have to adhere to for example he's not allowed to go into the top of the lighthouse and it's very much from his perspective of going onto the island and experiencing this whole thing together um and it's it's cut as as if they're kind of waiting uh for the boat to arrive 
which it never does. So they, they're kind of stranded here. Um, and I personally think it was, you know, it was definitely the best movie I, I saw in 2020. Um, I caught this movie obviously before COVID hit. Um, when cinemas, oh, you guys remember cinemas? Um, and it was one of those things that I would recommend everyone to see on the big screen. Because uh, it is, although it's very, there's not much to see because the, the screen is so tight. It, it's such an epic um, in terms of its sound design and cinematography. Uh, and it did get nominated as well for the uh, Academy of Cinematography Award. Um, and it's, it's, it's very easy to see why. It's a black and white film uh, shot in one to one. And it's a great example that's going to be used in you know many many fil- years of film school to come about how uh, aspect we've spoken about this quite a bit on on the podcast but how especially with uh justice league how aspect ratio uh is such a vital part of your movie and 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 when you choose and how you choose to use it and this movie uses that box frame so well it constantly encloses you in this very tight space of this lighthouse, you'll have scenes where you'll be so close up to the characters creeping through this this house, and then they'll hit their head, or they'll you know squeeze through tight spaces, and they'll argue and shout in these tight spaces, and it just emphasizes that feeling of claustrophobia, and you get as frustrated as they do for, uh, and because it's in black and white as well, and it's all done on. Uh, a stock that is all very kind of grainy and gritty. It's just, it, it's all very intense and it's excellent and it, it does it so well. But one of the things that I think a lot of critics noted was how good the performances were. And that's my kind of take on it. I, I don't want to discuss it too further without obviously, of course, asking, asking you, Alex, how, you know, your thoughts on the movie and, and what you got out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's good. Um, <clears throat> Excellent. Um, uh, thank you so much, guys, guys, for tuning in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this was one that I just never caught in cinemas, um, and I really wish I did because I really liked the Vivitch. Um, I thought that was a really cool film, so I was really excited to see this one. The swell around it was so mm. massive. I remember everyone can shut the fuck up about this movie. Um, and I'm there like, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. So it just kind of fell into that chasm that we talk about all the time where you're like, oh, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it. So yeah, very much a nice treat to uh, to finally see it. It was very depressing though, watching it. I'm not like, we've spoken about this before, like I'm not a massive anti-watch films on your phone phone or your, on your yeah, laptop absolutely. person like fuck it I don't care but it was seeing um, my own reflection in the screen when I was watching it yesterday I was <laughs> kind of think I should be seeing this on a cinema in a on a big screen to be yeah. fair it feels deserved to be there um, but yeah it's definitely uh, one of those must watch movies um, yeah I agree completely the performances are uh, these are I think these are probably career best for both of them if I'm going to be honest Arguably, um, yes, I would agree. Uh, personally, I would agree. You know, especially for it just beats. Um, uh, you know, it just you know Robert Pattinson. He just beats uh, his performance in Twilight. Uh, just just about manages to best it. Um, oh, hang on. Well, hang on, Alex. <laughs> Come on. Just, just. All right. Oh, you know, buy a hair. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think. Uh, 
if you're one of those people who are like, man, films like this don't get made anymore. But yeah, films like this don't really get made anymore. Um, yeah. Robert Eggers spoke a lot about how he very intentionally wanted you to leave with more questions than you had going in. Um, mm. And I think this is obviously the craft of this is like uh, very interesting, and that's your kind of angle. But for me, what what I'm really fascinated by is um, the themes of this stuff, and I'm interested in what your. I think when this when this was out, everyone was like, and it was it was nice to like hear these discussions in general. To be honest, and I remember everyone was having mm. their own little takes and what they thought like, the lighthouse was mm. about. Um, and I sort of had a take go, uh, coming out of it, but I'm curious as to what you're kind of feeling about. Sure. What do you think? This like, what do you think the story is about? Sure. Well, I mean, there is. I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is probably the most interesting part of this whole movie. Because I'm not going to sit here and act like I came out of this movie like a big brain. Like I got those references at that point, and I knew what it was trying to say because. I didn't have a clue. Hmm. Um, I knew it was about, you know, it was a commentary on like claustrophobia and insanity. And it it did that very cleverly on a, like, on like a flat note, like anyone could go into this movie and I think understand that. Yeah. Because it's, it's the main center of the theme, but underneath there's, there's a, there's a, there's an artistic core that derives from like, um, like uh, North North mythology, I think it is. You know what I'm on about? Like kind of like uh, gods and and stuff like this. Like there are artistic, like there are choices in the cinematography where it replicates things like paintings. um, And there are beats in this and scenes that actually translate contextually into stories about, um, and gods. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I get what you mean. Yeah. It's got, um, it's got a very lit- literary um, yeah. approach, um, and it was very much the same in uh, the Vivich as well. Yeah, um, for sure. And Rob Eggers kind of spoke about how that was very intentional. The story itself was inspired by uh, writings by Edgar Allan Poe. There's references to other poets like Samuel Taylor Coleridge with Rome Vich Mariner, my A-level English lit. Uh, boys and girls will <laughs> shout out to you you know what I'm on about but yeah in, t- in a way it's tackling kind of symbols and imagery and this idea of like myth and paradynamics and just classic kind of themes of things I was thinking yeah. of like man and nature and mm. madness and mythology and, and mythology that's the word mythology <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's got a lot a lot of those things in there and I think people from different sort of maybe uh, like academic backgrounds or the general audiences are able to pick out on those things i mean you know we come on the show and we talk about like sometimes we'll talk about like deeper ideas that maybe a film was about and you get into like yeah. a gray area of that because it's also that part of that is subjectivity part of that is like you know yeah. i've read someone else's take and now yeah, it's like it's mine and yeah and now it's like oh well i'm very smart like no I, like obviously i came out of this and i wasn't picking up on all the all of the references it was going for but my general kind of initially going into it, i was like okay so this is just going to be about madness and i was aware there was some mm. mythological elements in there but i thought mainly it was going to be about uh man and like knowledge and power um and for me it kind of was more of a interesting kind of um critique of like uh i guess the relationship of the boss and the worker i have no idea how how to like phrase it the power dynamic the power dynamic and i think that also taps into this idea of um 
sexuality. These boys, yeah, you know, they're <laughs> they're out there with no woman. He's only got a little carving of a mermaid to jerk off to. They're getting a little, they're getting a little frisky <laughs> out there. Um, and when I was reading more about that, that, those kind of reads of the film, like I found that very interesting. The way that these things that get baked in, because when so mm. for I guess like jump in full spoiler mode, like when we get to the end of the film and he's got Willem Dafoe on the leash. For me, I was thinking, well, it's you know, it's the switching, it's the switching power play, right? Like that's power. he's yeah, he's yeah. become the boss. And then I was reading reads, so like I guess don't disagree, but but take that in another direction where it's also kind of like it's kind of a bit of a BDSM esque kind of thing. Um, oh really? Yeah, and I'm like, and even if like that's not my take, I'm like that's very interesting that you picked that out because th- that is definitely yeah. a, like homoeroticism is definitely a theme of the film there's a feet there's a scene where they you know they they they're, they're pissed out their minds and they're dance, they're dancing together and they all they, they just almost show a kiss and what i found very interesting is how their reaction immediately after that was <laughs> they went straight into fighting and that for me that was evoking very much like toxic kind of like toxic like, yeah, toxic like masculinity kind of, like fight yeah. fight club this yeah. idea of like monkey brain <laughs> you know yeah yeah toxic masculinity is something I, I obviously picked up on as well and it was one of those core things that i picked up on whilst i was watching it um when you said about that i, I expected you to pick up on the the kind of artistic elements of like the the, the mythology in that for and, and what i'm referencing for example because obviously it's hard to reference visually on a podcast what, what i'm talking about but there's a specific frame in this film towards the end where he uh, there's like a power play where um the the uh, lighthouse keeper grabs grabs him by the by the wrist and has him like knelt on the rocks and his eyes light up towards him and it's basically like in terms of cinematography it's it's replicating a, an actual painting but you would have to be i hate like i've literally watched videos and you know if you did notice that painting like fair enough but i feel like if you did you wouldn't be like oh guys guess guess what i I noticed that painting you know what i mean i think there was a lot of sure yeah i didn't get that but like that but but also i do think that that image itself is evoking like a mythological more than that like aesthetic um and i think aesthetics are a big part of the film too i think like the time period obviously is a big part of it like the way it's shot like i said earlier like it's kind of replicating um that like 19th century style of photography um Mm. it's going for like an orthochromatic aesthetic and the sets are very period accurate and even the dialect uh robert robert Robert, why can't i speak today robert eggers uh and he co-wrote 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 this with fucking hell co-wrote this with his brother and they reference literature of um, Sarah Wanderer. I don't know who that is. I'm just reading it off my notes um, to get like the dialect and the cadence. Um, and that was another thing with, with cool. the with the Vivich where it was very like period accurate, or at least what we understand to be period ac- accurate. Um, yeah, it's a cool movie, man. It's a cool movie, and I think like general audiences can dig it because they did market it as a horror movie, but you go into yeah. it and it's not really scary in the sense of a traditional horror film it's that psychological horror thing but also the quality that i don't really see a lot of people talk about this film is fucking funny too can we talk about like it being yeah i know i just like slandered fart jokes earlier but (laughs) every time when defoe is tooting 
It's very good. <laughs> it is good. It is good. It's got a tongue-in-cheek quality, It's a, it's a fantastic balance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a great balance of those kind of elements because it's, you know, it, this the trailers for this movie were stellar. They were fantastic because they gave nothing away. They were somehow able to show so much and yet leave you with so many questions. And, and the movie does that anyway, you know, when, when it finishes, you're like, what the fuck was that? Um, but uh, yeah, the, the marketing for this movie was very much like, you know, this is going to be a horror. But it, if you're familiar with his work, you'll understand that it they never tend to be centered around the genres that they're, like typically advertised as and that's you know another conversation about um movie marketing but i like that about his films you know i like even though it's been projected as this thing in the way it's advertised and although it looks cool and i want to be along for the ride i can still go into his movies and not like i have no idea what to expect Um, Mm. and that's really refreshing i think think. even just for like a general audience as well because i suppose you would put this more in a in the qualifier of like an art house indie kind of thing um but even for general sure. audiences there's there's little things that are like i think a general audience can sink their teeth into like uh you know uh which 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 parts are dreams and which part aren't dreams and who's mm. lying to it's who fascinating. there's there's a simple there's even simple little mysteries like that that are just fun to decode um definitely outside of trying to piece together what the wider implications are although i do think maybe the film isn't um isn't a puzzle that you can put together in one piece uh i think it's purposely vague in areas and and trying to just allude to certain things i'm not sure if it has wider things to say but it's definitely bringing up like interesting ideas um no definitely i'd say so yeah and it's, um, it's and, yeah, and that's why it's like kind of fun. I think that's why people were so on board with it. So it's an it's an approachable smart movie. Yeah, it's. I think that's possibly possibly why it was so universally universally loved. It's because there was something kind of for everyone in such in a movie that you would look at straight away and just be like, yeah, that seems very niche. It surprisingly was just you know you could go into it as anyone and and get something from it. And 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 that's worth celebrating. I think it's um, it's a very rare movie, in 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 that sense, and many other senses as well. The cinematography, like I've said, is is really stunning. They um, interestingly, I've I've read a lot about how they kind of approached this, and they filmed on a very very old and and touchy film stock, um, which I'm pretty certain they were a bit kind of concerned about doing, um. And also, when they went to go and find all the cameras and lenses for this, they kind of just went to the rentals and was like, could you just kind of get us your oldest lenses and let's try to find a way of converting them or something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's, they really kind of went full out on the feeling of this movie and how to interpret that in the best way. Mm. There's the, if you can look up the behind the scenes photos of this movie do because a it's weird to see the world in color because it's so bleached with the black and white aesthetic that you it just like the feeling and the motion of this world makes it feel black and white you know it's very bleak and um the behind the scenes photos of how they shot this movie and, and how oddly simple it kind of was and how charming it was in in terms of like 
using the old techniques like the, the, the miniatures and stuff like that it's it's so admirable and it's so brave as well that they were able to 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 be able to do this and be able to funnel this through a studio i know a24 um does a lot of kind of out there stuff well i wanted to, a, a bit different yeah i mean i wanted to touch on that this is a a24 baby and we we love our we love our a24 films don't we folks? we do we, love our a24 <laughs> because they do they, they for that reason they yeah. do strong director driven projects um i don't think there's been a single project that they've meddled with um outside of maybe one which uh anyway um yeah and it's a. Uh, it's cool it's cool that like stuff like this gets funded um and i i'm I'm very interested to see what robert uh robert eggers does next as well well he's actually working with the same dop okay um, which is which is very exciting um i know uh, alexander skarsard is in in the next one um apparently i sort of read an article or something that he just he's he's being like he's He's now like ripped <laughs> for it or something like that. He's like a, had a huge transformation for it. Um, but it seems to be, you know, very faithful to his style. And, you know, it's with the same studio and um, he's obviously working with people that, um, that he, that, you know, he's very comfortable with. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy has also uh, got another a, a role in a A24 film. Uh, in in this next one, it's called the North the Northman, I believe. And William Defoe is returning as well. So there's a there's a whole whole cluster of good choices by the sounds of it. Um, no idea what it's about, but yeah, for sure, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see um, what he comes out with. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it, I think we've had this conversation before when when a movie comes out like this that mm. could be praised so much sometimes it's it's hard to build a conversation about it i don't know what it is about it though there is there is something that's about that's also it. part of it yeah there is something like, about it that um just rubs me a little i don't know we we've 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 name dropped i think this this film is like i don't think it's a stretch to say that it's kind of taking from uh in in some minor way, at least from like a director like David Lynch, right? Um, and we've name dropped. We've name dropped it, it, Lynch on the show a few times, and like he's. I think it's an appropriate movie to yeah, use the word Lynch. And he's on. a director who, I think, why he's so famous outside of like his films having a level of being iconic in their own way. He's one where like the the fun of a David Lynch movie is being like, what the fuck is this about? Um, <laughs> definitely and I think with him sometimes he goes too far he goes too far to the point where I'm like I don't even want to fucking figure out um, it's too hard yeah and then there's, there's also this weird and I think this this is the thing with this film where it's like I like that I think the average audience an idiot like me can go oh there's a theme of homosexuality oh there's a theme of working class oh there's a theme of you know isolation oh there's a theme Mm. of nature like I can pick these things out and maybe string together something Um, but then I'm also kind of like should it be vague is it too on the nose because I think this film like wears its themes very much on its sleeve Um, Mm. and it becomes but then with a a story that's so hyper stylized in this fashion that tends to happen anyway you know what I mean? It it, it kind of allow the theme leaks out 
it doesn't try to hide it because it has to ingrain itself and make use of its style. Also, like I think, um, theme like themes aside, like I said earlier, like I think the thing that really is working in this is that um, Willem Dafoe and Patterson are doing a really good job. Like they're just bouncing oh, off each other in a massively really, so in a really watchable way. And I guess I like brought up David Lynch because I think sometimes with his films, I don't always have like the key performance thing where I can like sink my teeth into like a central performance so like mm. you need you need to be I do I think I like I like um a film that you know is a bit artsy and, and can take swings and is playing with themes and ideas and is trying to and actively encouraging you to engage with it um mm. but I do think you kind of need to be a bit grounded sometimes and I think this film I think this film's probably just grounded enough I think maybe just a little... There, there is, like, a few shots that I think are maybe a little bit on the nose. Like, everyone's talked about the, um, the like, the, the shot of the camera uh, turning and the lighthouse, like, raising, and it's like, that's a penis, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't forget yeah. stuff like that is lost on anyone. Um, no. But that's not necessarily a criticism. It's just like a... I don't know. It's weird. It's a directing thing. It's a... And it's also like they, they do there's have... There's definitely a version of this film that's a lot more vague and I, it would probably suck. So I kind of do... Yeah, I do kind of like say, that it's this one's... Because like I said, it's 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 kind of theatrical in a way. Like it's very much... And uh, Robert Eggers apparently came from like a theatre background so that makes a lot of sense in context. Like it feels like a... You can imagine seeing this as like a play almost or like reading it as, as a poem. I'd love or, to see it as a play. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of sick, actually. Think, yeah, like now I think about it. And I think that's part of the um, tonal appeal to it. Like I said, like obviously it's very bleak and psychologically, um, you know, intriguing. Uh, but it's also like kind of funny in a weird way. Like when like, you know, there's something funny about him getting teased by the seagulls that just really like makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, and, and seeing him struggle, like it, it, it doing his job. And just how, like seeing this soul slowly deplete from his eyes mm. <laughs> as he keeps like he's like look I I I did a good job and he's like yes yeah, because you're supposed to <laughs> like he gives gives him absolutely no praise the constant and he's like, fucking with him <clears throat> the constant fucking with him but then also yeah. like it's interesting how like Not when, whenever to stand with him as well whenever they're at like the dinner table is when they they kind of connect but then when they're, when they're anywhere else. He's just like fucking, and even in their first interaction, um, he he, you know, he's like kind of encouraging him to drink, and and uh, Patterson goes like, no, but he pours some water, and he's like, well, I'll toast anyway, and then the toast, and then the water is like moldy, I guess, um, and even that's like a wet, even that is him fucking with him, like a little dig. Because he knows, yeah. As if the as if the situation isn't stressful enough, <laughs> and that's the thing. He's constant, and he's like, and it's like he's gaslighting him. But we we also know that he's yeah. losing his mind a bit. So we like, we don't know. Did he? Is he gaslighting him? Like, who's whose perception are we? Who's seeing the crazy from? one? Yeah, yeah, and and stuff like that is fun for just like a general audience yeah. to go like. So did he smash the boat or was it him or was he lying to him was he telling the truth what was in the book you know what, what um yeah and it's, and it's being you know open-ended and questions it, it, like what's in the lights like i don't know i don't know and it balances that visually really well as well as well as contextually which is quite rare because there are questions within the visuals as opposed and also in the in the context so for example they might have a conversation where you're like 
what does that mean? And then you'll have a scene where, for example, um, when they have a bit of a, a fight, um, he goes to take another punch and he turns into the mermaid. And then all of a sudden he snaps back into this kind of like octopus version of himself. Um, and, and it's like, bloody hell, you know, this film is just so, what the fuck's going on? But it it has enough of a, uh, it has enough context behind it and enough to chew on for you to kind of understand the key points of the, the narrative, which is really fun. And the performance is just so rich that it's very hard not to just want to keep watching. Um, I would love to see it as like a stage play because it the, the whole heart of the movie just does focus on how these two are on screen, both together and also on their own. Um, and, and what story that tells. Uh, it's yeah it's it's fantastic it's so fascinating and it's so brutal and it's so weird that it's hard not to i guess uh, uh, i guess i could see why someone wouldn't like this movie with it being too kind of um kind of weird and strange and not clear enough i think it's hard not to appreciate it on some level even if it like wasn't for you I think, like, you can... Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think I've ever definitely. seen a, a properly negative review of the movie. I've seen people who are just kind of like, yeah, it was good. And I think that's more where I lie with it, to be honest. I think, oh, yeah, it was good. Um, but it's hard not to, like, appreciate yeah. it, for sure. No, for sure. And, yeah, like we spoke about, it's... Um, I think there is something in this for everyone. Um, everyone can sit down and watch this and go, oh, wow, that was a ride. You know, that was quite strange or i loved this aspect um and it was great yeah it's worth seeing just for the performances alone um how they didn't get you know oscar nominations for him was i know i mean they were robbed quite honestly they they led the entire film and it is arguably some of their best performances ever on screen um and yeah still haven't forgiven them for that one uh that was a that was a hard pill to swallow but yeah alex so what would you give it out of a uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good thing we. Whatever our rating system is. Edit the show. Uh, I'll give it a four star. Um, mm. Good, good, yeah. good time. Wish I. I think if I'd seen this in this, if I could see this in the theater, uh, it would probably bump up to probably a ten. To be honest, um, watching it was a hell of an experience. Watching this yeah. on my laptop, I was definitely like, yeah, this is something you need to be, especially because it's like it's got so much atmosphere eking out of it. Um, yeah, like it's definitely something you need to appreciate in the context it wanted to be seen in. And like I said, or, when I could see that. my own reflection in like the darkness of it, I was like, <laughs> "This wasn't. Oh, this is literally not how you're meant to see the film." Yeah. Uh, if you, if there's a, some sort of way that you, even if you had it on like VHS and put it in and and played it in really shit quality on like a an old TV. You know, even that's better than just watching it on your laptop because it's, it, you know, you've got to just sit, have the best, you know, have your headphones on, sit in the darkest room, really, because this, when I was in the cinema watching it, I just felt completely consumed in the darkness of the movie and my surroundings and the and the sound that was, it, it just ruptured at times with the foghorns and the, and the, and the screams and, it's it's so impressive in in many elements and that being said you know 
um, you know, I came out of the cinema and I gave it uh, a f- uh, four and a half stars. And I'd still sit on four and a half stars despite having seen it uh, on my laptop because uh, it was that experience that sat with me. And I'm not saying for you not to watch this movie on like a laptop. No, you, yeah, definitely you know, like go for it. But it's, just it's, make the most of it. You know, you, go go yeah. over the top with how you experience it. And, if you ever, got, if you ever uh, get the opportunity to see it on the big screen, I would definitely recommend doing it because clearly it's... Uh, it's gonna. It would be worthwhile mm. if you. I'd love to see it on kind of on projection. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. But there we go. Mm. Okay, well, that was very interesting. It's an interesting one. Two very different films. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really play my game of how are these. How are these similar? No, not even. <laughs> not no. even. Not yeah. nothing. But I like that. I love these um, <laughs> double features and how they can how can vary in that fashion. Speaking of, uh, where you go for me next time? Well, so for next time, it's uh, this week. I've I revisited one of um, a film recently uh, that I only discovered about a year ago, but has ended up being um, just like a very very strong favorite of mine, uh, which is Leon the Professional. Oh, cool. I'm pretty certain that you've seen. No, I haven't. But would love for you to revisit and, and know what you think about that film. Cool. Well, I haven't seen it, so... Really? Nope. Oh, fantastic. Oh, nope. fantastic. That's That That makes me very happy. Nice one. Um, but yeah, Leon the Professional is uh, the one for, for for the next time. What have you got for me? Um, similarly, uh, just thinking about movies I like. Uh, <laughs> fair, yeah, fair. It's got to be like that sometimes. Uh, but I want to talk about this director in particular. Uh, with this certain actor who has become well not become has been a very notable actor in the past decade um, I want you to watch You Were Never Really Here by Lynn Ramsey starring Joaquin Phoenix um, oh I was going to say yeah okay it's probably one of my favourite films uh, I think Lynn Ramsey is an excellent director um, I think it makes some really interesting choices um, mm-hmm. I should probably say like content warning for this because uh, it's got some heavy subject matter and I know that's um, it's what it is okay cool <laughs> <laughs> cool but yeah um, so that's your next double feature folks it's Leon the Professional and you were never really here awesome um, that's yeah that's going to be a very very rich episode mm. right guys can't wait thanks for listening to the show hey you, yeah, you. If you enjoy the show, you can follow us at Final Draft Show on Twitter. What's our Instagram? Final Draft Pod. Thanks. Who would have thought? What's one thing? Share it with your friends. Yeah, share it with your friends. You know, Leave a five star. If they don't re- like films, shove it down their throats. <laughs> yeah. You know? Too right. <laughs> Leave a five star review on iTunes too, please. Um, if you don't, uh, there will be consequences. Uh, also, if you like the show, we're on Patreon. Please subscribe to Patreon. I promise I will not use it for drinking money. <laughs> nice I think that's that's great yeah, I, that, what, that was really convincing <laughs> do you think that worked well we'll, we'll see won't okay. we? but ching ching definitely not definitely not it's <laughs> <laughs> time I get like minus uh, patrons <laughs> uh, next episode we've got our first guest as well uh, go watch mm-hmm. um, Blade Runner we're going to be talking about that uh, very excited for that um, yeah I feel like I've forgotten how to do a podcast. How do we end these usually? Uh, <laughs> um, I think you just say one, two, three. Uh-huh. And then you just cut it. Okay, you ready? 
Okay. Well, I think I, well, I, I think that's how they did it at least. Okay, we'll give it a try. All right. Let's hope so. All right. <clears throat> I'm nervous now. 